0: Point. I didn't even write down my scores. I'm doing the O's Perlman to you. That's what it is. I'm planning these. <laughs> You're planning on in my, my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was a Fugazi. You can't do that. So no, I'm real. Oh, He's Fugazi. You know. Okay, yeah. okay.
1: Oh, it's Chris Sims Unbuttoned PFTPM week two the Joint Mega Picks Podcast. We are back. We're back. I'm in my usual habitat, as is Chris. Last week we were in that hotel in Kansas City that had no obvious indication that a football game was happening there that night we both were wrong with our pick straight up on thursday night but well i at least picked the lions to cover and thank god i did because it was a shit show for me last week seven and nine straight up are you kidding me chris at nine and seven so he's got a two-game lead after one week we got 17 weeks left i really have to get cracking as we move forward also against the spread 11 and five not bad making some money For the people who have the discretionary income that they choose to waste on gambling. Because over the long haul, you can't win. Best bets, two and one for Chris, one and two for me. It's all very early. I'm not going to get desperate. I'm not going to change my method. Although your new method seems to be working. See, you just show up and you start picking games. You don't go into a lab and weigh out Definitely. factors Definitely. run numbers in a calculator. Right. You just right. go with your gut I'm because you're following off it all the time. Yeah. It's a shame that I have taught you how to do this because now <laughs> you're going to kick my ass. Well, you, you,
0: well, hopefully that's the goal. But, yeah, you, you're exactly you're right. Like I've had years and times where I just get two in the weeds where I'm like, well, I don't know about the matchup between the three technique and the guard, and then I change my pick off of that. It's just stupid. Yeah, week one was great because we had plenty of time to kind of – you know, let it soak in. And I had been thinking about the matchups for a while and I tried to do the same thing this week, just like, Hey, Monday, look at them, let them sink in my brain every now and then pull up the schedule, try to think about the things about the matchup. I did write a few notes down about a few things and we'll see where we go from there. But yeah, it was good. And, like, come on, like, you know, we picked Kansas City to win the game. I, You know, like, if Kadarius Toney didn't have hands like Chubbs on Happy Gilmore, we, we, I think we probably win that easily. But, you know, he we went with Chubbs in the and the wooden hand uh, that got run over by a truck. And, you know, it's hard to catch the ball when you got hands like that. <laughs>
1: it's all in the hips.
0: <laughs> it's all, it's all in, the hip. in the
1: hips. By the way. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, this year you can play along with us. DraftKings has set up the free, free, one thousand dollar Florio and Sims pick 'em pool. Pick every game against the spread for a chance at a one thousand dollar prize pool every week. So the people with the best record participate in the pool. You don't each get a thousand dollars. And uh Chris, last week I know I'm skipping ahead in the read here, but last week over twenty-five thousand entries and three went fifteen and one. 15-1 and one against the spread last week. That's
0: impressive. That is impressive. So download the DraftKings app, click on the Pools tab, and enter enter the free $1,000 Florio and Sims Pick'em Pool to make your picks or visit DraftKings.com slash pools.
1: And you have to lock in all your picks before the Thursday night game just like we do. You can't change your mind for Sunday night. You can't change your mind for Monday night. you got to lock them all in. Now, or at least before the game begins tonight, Vikings at Eagles. We're going to go through every game as we do every week on the Joint Mega Picks podcast. All odds are provided by DraftKings Sportsbook. And we start with Thursday Night Football. We spoke about this game at length on Thursday's PFT Live. The Vikings at the Eagles. Eagles are six and a half point favorites with an over under of 49. Vikings offensive line banged up. Eagles without their top running back, Kenneth Gainwell without one of their corners, James Bradbury. Chris, the time has come to give me who you think will
0: win and what you think the score will be. Well, uh, you know, listen, I, I I do think that we know the Eagles are the better team here. All right? Uh, th- that's for sure. We do. But, but to, for me to sit here and just go, oh, I think the he- Eagles are going to manhandle the Minnesota Vikings, I, I don't necessarily totally agree with that. I don't. You know, one the Eagles, I I, I want to see, you know, what they look like. They didn't play their best ball on Sunday, right? You know, and, and we've talked about it's new coordinators on both sides of the ball, so they're adjusting to life there. You know, the Super Bowl hangover, what else? I don't know. Like I said, if you take away those turn two turnovers early in the football game against the Patriots, if you took them away, and I know that's a big if, I get it, but after that the Patriots outplayed the Eagles. They did. So that was a little different too. But, yeah, I don't know if Minnesota and some of the injuries that, that you got, they scare me. saw being, if he's hurt at left tackle, that'll, that'll bother me. Bradbury at center, him being out, that hurts, right? Marcus Davenport, the big outside linebacker defense end, if he can't play, that's another thing that would bother me. You know, schematically, I think Flores will have some good answers. He'll be able to steal some things from what the Patriots did last week, and he I'm sure he'll have his own ideas. But the big thing is I just don't know if they have enough size and depth on their D-line and up front to just consistently hang in there against Philadelphia. I think that's the thing that bothers me. That's where they're different than New England last week who had a lot of big people and a better secondary than Minnesota. Now, on the other side of the ball, Mike, I do give you guys a fighting chance there, especially if Dariusaw is healthy. I think you guys can protect and throw the ball on Philadelphia. I do. I don't expect you to run, and you guys don't want to run. All right, But I'm going to take it right now that Dariusaw finds a way to play Davenport Davenport finds a way to play. You said there's the injuries in Philly's secondary. I'm going to say Minnesota at least hangs around. I'm going to go 24-20 Eagles on this one on Thursday night. Wow. Well, look,
1: I I accept what's coming tonight. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And I do all the scores without knowing what the lines are, especially when Pete doesn't send us the lines. So I put down – 23 to 17 when i was going through the games earlier which would mean the vikings cover by a half point i'm sorry minnesota i don't have faith i don't have faith in primetime kirk i don't have faith in kirk when he has to work on a tuesday that throws him off i don't have faith in the vikings in this spot if they want to prove me wrong that's fine and i'm not doing this like because they like, as if they give a shit what i think i just know what i've seen i know what's coming at philly is a bad spot for the vikings And primetime is a bad spot for Kirk Cousins. And I think there's some underlying tension there about his future and the Justin Jefferson contract. And the defense is still a work in progress. The Eagles are still the superior roster. So I'm bumping my preliminary 23-17 to 24-17 to give the Eagles the cover. Eagles win. Eagles cover. Sorry, Vikings. You're going to be 0-2, just like that, five days later. Season begins Sunday. By Thursday night, you're 0-2 with 15 to play, and they're going to have a lot of work to do. Half the losses they had in all of 2022, they were are going to absorb in the first two games of 2023. That's my take. And again, who knows? After last week, who the hell knows? But I think that uh, the Eagles win, and I think the Eagles cover.
0: Yeah, all right. I, 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 um, you know, hey, last year it was some bad turnovers and some mistakes by Minnesota. You know, and that game, I think, was a little closer than the final score kind of portrayed there. If they can just limit that, then I think they can at least make it fun for us and keep it close and it can be a good watch here for Thursday Night Football.
1: But they couldn't limit it against the Buccaneers at home on Sunday, so I don't have faith in them limiting it on Thursday night. They are going to need some breaks, and they are going to need to make some plays. And at this stage of the season, I just don't believe it's going to happen. I think the Eagles are going to have a greater sense of urgency after having a near miss against the Patriots. All right. On to Sunday we go. We begin with the Green Bay Packers at the Atlanta Falcons. Jordan Love in Game 2. The new-look Falcons coming off of a home win over the Panthers. But the Packers look pretty good at Soldier Field. Packers starting with back-to-back road games. They are one-point favorites at Atlanta with an over-under of 40.5. Jordan Love says last week was a building block. Do they take another step toward keeping the Packer tradition of contention and relevance
0: alive, Chris? Yeah, I I love the way the Packers looked last week. You know I like the Atlanta Falcons, and they've been one of the teams we've talked about a lot leading up to the season. thought they were one of the teams that really kind of made the the biggest moves and maybe won the offseason to improve their football team. But, you know – I think the first thing is, if you take Atlanta's offense versus the Packers' defense, right? Atlanta's offense and lack of passing game still a question here as we go. It is. I mean, it, it was underwhelming last week. The ability to spread the ball around, you know, wasn't all that good. Drake London barely touched the ball. We know they want to run the football. But it's a little too much like we know they want to run the football. It's got to open up a little bit. They can't just go, hey, there's 10 guys in the box and we're going to run it anyways. Uh, so that's where they scare me a little bit. And Green Bay's defense looked awesome last week against Chicago. I mean, awesome. Guys that, you know – Year two players, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, they looked really great. Rashawn Gary played just a little bit, but he looked like he's very close to being ready to roll all the time. Their first-rounder, Lucas Van Ness at Iowa playing defense and outside linebacker. Uh, they played hard. Their energy looked real. And then their offense is different, too, in Green Bay. Offense, Jordan Love looked good, and they had more variety of runs, and we know their O-line is good when it's healthy. Now, Christian Watson and his health—that's going to be something to watch out for here. You know, can he play? That'll that'll you know, improve their chances. But I like the Packers in this one. I do. I like the Packers' mojo. They're going on the road right here, and I think they're a little more balanced on the offensive side of the ball. And like I said, I like their defense. I'm going to go Packers twenty to seventeen to get the victory. We need to watch that. Christian Watson hamstring injury he didn't
1: play last week didn't practice on Wednesday Quay Walker is in the concussion protocol and Aaron Jones has that hamstring injury but as someone noted after he left the game with a hamstring injury he was running down the sideline after a touchdown was scored so who knows whether or not he'll be able to go but I agree with you I like the Packers I am on this train of thought that the Packers are just not going to crater I think what they did in Chicago was impressive to start the season, to shut the Bears down the way they did, to score the points they did, 38 points on the road against the Bears, who are are no slouches. Now, they may end up being one of the worst teams in the NFL, but it's still not an easy thing to do. The Falcons, I don't know how much to read into their week one win because we don't know how good the Panthers are going to be. Similarly, we don't know how good the Bears are going to be, but I just believe the Packers can keep this early season momentum going. Jordan Love is checking the boxes and looking like the guy that they need him to be. I go Packers as well. I think it's higher scoring. I see that 40 and a half over under, and I just feel like that's a little low. I think 30 to 24, Falcons lose, Packers win. See how I saved it there? I meant to say Packers win, but I said Falcons first, so I had to say Falcons lose, and I just blew it by pointing it out. Packers win, 30 to 24 and the over I'm thinking about the over is a best bet. Potentially. We'll see what gut feeling emerges from the inner workings of pasta and meatballs as the program unfolds. But that 40.5 looks low to me. Now you've got it under by just a few points. I think it goes over 40.5, but again, I'm going to file that away for future reference.
0: Yeah. You know, Hey, early in the season, you never know. You don't. But uh, I I I got respect for both of these defenses, and I think I'm just a little bit in like I think both offenses are still feeling themselves out, finding their way here, so that's where I kind of you know leaned on the lower score. Raiders at the Bills. Buffalo
1: licking its wounds on a short week after losing in overtime to the New York Jets. The Raiders got the big win in Denver, spent the week in West Virginia at the Greenbrier. Bills are eight and a half point favorites with an over under of forty six point five. Every time I see Raiders Bills, I think fifty one to three, which was the final score of the nineteen ninety AFC Championship game. Chris, will it be fifty one to three again? Absolutely not. I,
0: I can promise you that 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 will not happen. You know, one, the first thing I look at is go, like, the Jets ran the ball on the Bills you don't think the Raiders will be able to run the ball on the bills? They have a better offensive line, right? They got a damn good running back like we know. And I would say their offense is more creative in totality too. And a more of a passing game and weapons in the passing game to be scared of this week. than they had to be last week with the New York jets. So that, that part is, is dicey to me there. And then, you know, the other side of this is, again, we're back in the same conversation. You know, it's, it's Allen and Diggs. Diggs and Allen. That's all they got. Right? It's one of the worst receiving cores in football. It really is. It, throughout, it's, it's one of the worst there is in the game. If I hear one more person say Gabe Davis is a 1A, I'm going to puke live on TV. I'm so sick of people like you're just, you're not watching. Gabe football. Davis is a 1A. Yeah. Blah. Gabe Davis is a 1A. Blah. It's like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I'm so sick of people saying it's such a lazy take from two years ago. Cause they saw the AFC divisional game and it's just like, but no. Stefan
1: Diggs, Stefan
0: Diggs said it himself. Maybe he was trying to speak it into existence. He said it during training camp. Well, So, I mean, you know, that, that worries me. The Raiders are really well coached on both sides of the ball. They are, and we know they got a little bit of a pass rush. Their D line, I think, is a little more talented than maybe I even gave it credit for there. Right, Mike, I'm going to Crazyville here. I'm going with the upset. I'm going to go with the. I'm wow. going with the Raiders going to pull this off on the road. Wow. Okay, and uh, yeah, I'm going to go 24-20 just like I did the score before this. I'm going Raiders this time. Wow, that will be something. If the Bills lose home opener to the
1: Raiders, wow, watch out because that Jenga tower falling down quickly in Buffalo, if it happens, I believe it won't happen. I believe this is a sense of urgency game. I believe this is one where the Bills figure it out. Now, that sense of urgency needs to be controlled. And as I said earlier in the week, they need somebody in that organization who can tell Josh Allen to calm down. Ken Dorsey is not that guy. We know Ken Dorsey is excitable. Sean McDermott doesn't have time when the offense is off the field to come talk to Josh Allen because he's running the defense now because Leslie Frazier was the scapegoat for last year's failure. So I still think, with all that said, they're going to pull it together. They've got to win this one. This feels like an early season. Got to have it. Tough schedule. This is one of the games on the schedule that they have to win. This is one of the games they should win. There's going to be a lot of games where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. If they don't win this one, they are in big trouble. So I think the Bills will win. By the way, an injury to keep an eye on Jimmy Garoppolo limited yesterday with an ankle injury. So who knows how mobile he will be on Sunday. Keep an eye on that one. I got Bills 31 20, the win in the cover. That was my predetermined pick. I'm not trying to get desperate here and try to catch up to you. And if you're right, I'll give you your due credit. But I do agree on the point that they don't really have many options in the passing game beyond Stephon Diggs. Jordan Whitehead plays for the Jets. He was the guy that was the most consistent receiver of Josh Allen passes on (laughs) Monday night. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's, that's a good one. That one all of a sudden is a game I'm going to be paying much attention to on the new and improved giant screens where we watch the games in the viewing room on Sunday. I'm going to be watching that bills Raiders game because Chris is going out on a limb. Gutsy call, gutsiest call so far
0: Raiders to win. Yeah, I am. I, just, I'm you know, a little guts, a little gut feeling here. Yeah. I don't like the way the bills looked and, and I like the way the Raiders looked. And like I've said, I've the kind of a team that I think I was too low on in our preseason conversations. Ravens. At the Bengals, when we last saw these two teams meet in the
1: playoffs, they were in a position where the Ravens could almost win the game. Remember that? The dive over the top, the ball pops out, the long return the other way, and that changed everything. This time, Lamar Jackson is playing. And that could be all the difference in the world. But the Bengals are reeling from what happened in week one. They are feeling some desperation. It's a two-game swing against a division rival. You don't want to lose to the Ravens at home because you've got to go play there later. Three-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bengals, despite only scoring three total points last week in Cleveland. 46 and a half over under Do the Bengals even their record at
0: 1-and-1, one one? Chris? This is scary. I mean, this could go either way. That, that, that's the way I look at it. You know, again, the Bengals looked like a team that, that hadn't practiced or played all that lot. They looked like at a quarterback who missed training camp and came back, you know, 10, 12 days before the first game. That's what they looked like now where it's a little different is the old line for the Cincinnati Bengals. They did not play good last week. And of course that Browns D line is good, but this Ravens D line, they're good, but not, not to the level of the Browns. They don't have a Zadarius Smith or a a Miles Garrett coming off the edge. And, in fact, they don't even have a Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle either. So the Browns have a little bit more high-end ability there as far as rushing the passer, right? The Ravens got a little more size, and they got some guys where we go, ooh, I think they might be able to do something. Maybe they'll turn the corner like Odafi away and, and David Ojabo and some of those guys. That's what I'm interested to see there too. But Cincinnati, too, the thing that bothers me, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, and I've been saying this for years, they're very simple. They are. They are. Now, where they're really good as the year goes on, they start to break teams down the right way, and they start to go, ooh, when they play this, when we're in this formation, they play this, and they dial up the right play. Even though it might be simple, it's the right play to kind of expose that scheme, and that's where they're good. But it's still It's week two. How much inventory do you have, right? And how good and how much better have you gotten in these last five, six days as compared to week one? Now, the Ravens on offense, a little bit of those same issues, let alone they got some offensive line injuries that are concerning, I think, to say nonetheless, right? Uh, But I still think I look at them. And I go, man, if they just run the ball, they'll be fine. Don't get obsessed with Todd Munkin and, oh, we got to justify Lamar's passing game. Run the ball. Run the ball with Lamar. The passing game will open up, and you'll have your chances there. Uh, that's, how, that's how I kind of look at it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going upset here again, Mike. I am. I am I'm, wow. I'm going to go 24-23 Ravens pull off the upset on the road. I just I don't trust the Bengals offense quite yet and I've seen them start slow 3 years in a row and I think Baltimore'll be highly motivated by that playoff loss and and uh yeah, I think they're going to go on the road and pull this one off.
1: I think the fact that the Bengals look so bad on Sunday against the Browns will give them even more reason to buckle down, get there they're ducks in yeah, a row, get right. Joe Burrow right. He got the haircut and he got rid of the headband. That has to count for something, right? There has to be an analytics factor out there somewhere that we can that we can rely on, that the haircut factor makes a difference for Burrow. But they they need this one. They cannot afford to fall to 0-2 against the, the Baltimore Ravens in this wide-open chase for the AFC North crown. And uh, Burrow, you know – he takes on a higher level in the postseason, and maybe this is just one of those games where he convinces himself it is the postseason. They have to have this one. I got 28-24. The barely covering by a half point, I just feel like they're going to find a way. At home, they understand that the Ravens are going to be coming at them. It's an opportunity for the Ravens to kind of put an early dagger. This is still a long way to go, obviously, but you, you win this game on the road, and and you're sitting pretty in the AFC North. But But that offense for the Ravens, seemed to be so sluggish to me last week. It was, Every time I looked up, it's like, what's really going on there? And it's still a work in progress, and they don't have J.K. Dobbins. They've got some injuries on the offensive line. I give the Bengals the edge, but this one is definitely not going to be in the best bet category for me. Seahawks at the Lions. Lions with extra rest. Seahawks banged up on the offensive line. Seahawks getting beaten soundly at home by the Rams to start the season. The Lions – disrupting the coronation of the Chiefs with the hanging of the banner or the unfurling or whatever it was. They just kind of opened it up. They didn't hang anything. Lions, five-and-a-half-point favorites at a sold-out forward field with plenty of blue ski masks on Sunday. Four-and-a-half
0: or five-and-a-half with 47-and-a-half over under. Who do you like in this one, Chris? Uh, I worry about the Seahawks' offense. One, the way it looked last week. Again, they're another team that I would say they're just a little too reliant on the Jimmys and the Joes. You know, it's a little too much like, hey, we're just we're good. So we're just going to line up. And so what if I tell them all to run straight? It's we're good. We'll make it happen. No, it's just not that easy. You know, again, I, I, I don't get it sometimes because I want to go, wait, the team with the most talent on offense and all of football are the 49ers and the Dolphins. And they do more stuff to give their guys advantages. And I want to go and they have the best players. And then people wonder why they throw for 480 yards or run for 200 yards or whatever. And I'm going to go, well, yeah, they have players. And then they work at giving them the greatest advantages possible. Right Right now, I feel like you know Seattle's a little bit like, hey, we're good. We don't need to be too complicated. We don't need to give them advantages. DK Metcalf, just run a slant and that'll work. No, it's not going to work. So I'm worried about that. Then the offensive tackle issues like you said. Doesn't sound like either one of them are going to be able to play. Maybe Charles Cross, but he's got a toe injury at left tackle. That's a little scary there, right? So, I worry about that, and I do think this Detroit Lions defense different. You different. Know, I think their secondary is better. Aiden Hutchinson's got it in a year better. Their front seven in general, I think, knows how to play in that way. Seattle's defense, I still got respect for it, but – I'm not ready to sit here and tell you it's, you know, the the steel curtain or anything that way. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions on this one. I'm going to go Lions 31-24, getting, the, getting to 2-0 at home. I got
1: 34-20, a lot of the same reasons that you said. Now, look, this would be the classic example of we thought we had it figured out and we were clearly wrong. Lions with a letdown after that big win. Seahawks with a chip on their shoulder after getting their asses kicked at home by the Rams. But... I was always leaning – look, I'm not going to ignore what we experienced last Thursday night at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, I, When you we should, came out right. and all those Lions fans were there. Right. And the, the Lions came out with a vibe, and it was C.J. Gardner-Johnson with that Honolulu blue ski mask, and they just have an attitude. And you completely squander whatever goodwill you created by beating the Chiefs if you lay an egg – or piss down your leg, as you would say, and piss the bed simultaneously, and shit the bed, sorry, at, Pete, let me finish, at Ford Field. So this is Detroit, 34-20, to 20, my pick. We both have them winning. We both have them covering. Now, battle of a couple of rookie quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud hosting Anthony Richardson. The Colts at the Texans. Indianapolis, a one-point road favorite, 39-and-a-half over under. The Colts impressed us last week. The Texans wasn't really sure what to make of it because that was a difficult spot to go into Baltimore and play week one with your your debut for the second overall pick in the draft. Does C.J.
0: Stroud get his first win, or does Anthony Richardson? C.J. Stroud looked really good. Like, C.J. Stroud was asked to play quarterback out of the highest level out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Right. And it shows you the confidence they had in him. They couldn't run the ball, and they still threw the ball 46 times. It shows you that they, where you think he is. He's made to throw the ball within the pocket in the NFL. I, I do think that the Texans will be able to run the ball a little bit on this Indianapolis Colts defense. You know, I wish they had another weapon in the pass game, but I think they're going to be able to throw the ball on them a little bit too. right? I was encouraged with what I saw with the Texans last week. I know you brought up a minute ago about the Ravens looking sluggish. I watched back that game a little bit. The Texas defense, I think, is going to be better than what I thought they were going to be, Mike. They really are. Will Anderson, the third pick of the draft, he's better than I expected. Jonathan Greenyard, the other defense end, he's good. They got a good little tandem there. They're pretty good in the secondary. And guess what? D'Amico Ryan's a really good defensive head coach. He does some interesting things there. I'm taking the Texans at home in this one. I'm going to go Texans 20-17 to 17 at home. This is another one we
1: disagree on Good. You, you almost convinced me to flip but I come to the table with my pricks uh, my picks your pricks are Excuse Wow, me. your pricks are picks, on the table, huh? Picks are pre-made. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> big Big Turdcock, uh, and we got no. pricks on the table here at Big Turdcock.
1: It's not it's not a, it's not a Tom Brady game at Buffalo. All right, uh, I'll go with the Colts 24-21 over the Texans. I just I I like Anthony Richardson and you know we showed the the package of his highlights and when you see that it's encouraging about what the Colts have I think they can go in and win this game because I just I just I don't know what the Texans are it won't surprise me if I'm wrong again this one's not a best bet it could go either way and it could end up being a very exciting game that goes right down to the wire Chiefs at the Jaguars another exciting game a game that feels like it should not be a one o'clock Eastern game on a Sunday Chiefs with extra time not that it mattered that they had extra time last Thursday night Andy Reid usually stellar when he has extra time Three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Jaguars with the highest over-under of the week of 51. Chris Jones is back in the fold. Travis Kelsey limited in practice on Wednesday. Will he be able to go? Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for the Chiefs last week, and they barely lost the game to the Lions. I don't want to take anything from, from the Lions, but a lot of things had to happen for that game to turn out the way it did. Do the Chiefs get it right? Do they find guys who can catch the ball? Can they overcome a Jaguars team? That felt a little wobbly at times against the
0: Colts on the road in Week One, Chris. Yeah, yeah no, no, no doubt. I mean, the Jaguars talent on the field is is every bit there of, of the Chiefs, so it's not like they're going to be outclassed here. I'm a, I'm actually surprised to see the Chiefs favored by this much, three and a half point favorites. I I really am, you know. And 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 I think you know I look at this first off and go, Jacksonville. I think their offense, you know, it poses more problems. Uh, I believe, than the, than the Detroit Lions did, right? I know Chris Jones is back, but again, I don't expect them to be dominant, unbelievable Chris Jones. And this is a team that's got balance. Like Travis Etienne can run for 100, and Trevor Lawrence can throw for 300 in the same game. They're capable of doing that. And, of course, they got better weapons on the outside than the Detroit Lions did. So you can't just go, oh, we're going to sell out to stop the run and just see if Jared Goff can beat us. Like, you sell it to stop the run, to stop ETN and company, like you're going to lose because tre- Trevor Lawrence is going to beat you. He's a superstar. It's official there, right? And then, you know, I flip it around the other side of the ball. Like, they better hope Kelsey's ready and Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Tony has to be. If those two aren't good or playing at a high level, I worry about the Chiefs' offense. They need that. You know, these guys like Sky Moore, Richie James, smaller – jitterbug-type slot receivers, I worry about them in today's NFL. I think it's actually a dying breed. If you're going to be that size, you've got to be exceptionally fast or exceptionally quick. I'm going with the Jaguars at home here, 28-24. I think they're going to pull off this win. I think they're going to be juiced by the Chiefs coming into town, proving that they could have beat them in the divisional game. And, yeah, I think they're every bit as talented, and I I'm just think the Chiefs are a little bit finding their way here still, especially with these guys coming back.
1: You know, I see the line, I see the over-under, and it makes me smile because when I was picking the scores without the benefit of either, I went 27-24 Chiefs, right on the over-under number 51 and just a half point under the Jaguars cover. And I'm not going to change it. I'm sticking with 27-24. Jaguars cover, Chiefs win. Close exciting game down to the wire. Harrison Butker, 48-yard field goal for the win. If I'm right, play it on thursday of next week if i'm wrong never mention it again but the chiefs just need this one they can't go to 0 two and the jaguars are still kind of a work in progress they're going to get the full force of what the chiefs have kadarius tony can't have another game like that And if he starts dropping passes again get him the hell off the field if sky moore is not doing anything get him the hell off the field go with the guys who are getting it done that's the one thing that that andy reed needs to learn from last week Don't keep forcing it to guys who aren't getting it done. You've got other guys who were getting it done. Get the ball to them. All right. Next up, 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Chicago Bears. The Bucks, 2.5-point favorites at home after beating the Vikings on the road. The Bears looked like shit last week. How are the Buccaneers only two-and-a-half-point favorites with an over-under of 40.5? I think you can get an idea of where I'm going on this one. Chris, where are
0: you going? Well, I'm probably going the same way there. I mean, the the Bucks' offense still has, you know, we have the right to question that, and that's probably what Vegas is seeing a little bit. They don't know what to expect there. I mean, again... The offensive line's not great. They don't can't really run the ball. It's a lot on Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to kind of get it done and make plays that way, even though they'll stay patient with the run. The big thing to me is the Buccaneers' defense is still damn good. It is. And, you know, they're going to stop the run. That's the one thing I feel confident with. And that's the, what the Bears do best. The pass game, they don't do that all that good. Right, and I, I think this is going to be a thing as we go on. I didn't like what I saw from Justin Fields. You don't know, I, you know what I said. I didn't love the offense. It looked like they were still managing him, and there's still things about him in the pocket that I need more of. That's just not going to get it done here, you know. Now I don't have tremendous faith in the Bucks offense, but I don't think this Bears defense is anything special to write home about either. So I think this is a close football game here. I'm going to go 19-17. Okay, Bucks win this one. Actually, no, I don't want to do that. I want to have. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go nineteen seventeen bucks. I like that. Sorry, you giving the Bears the I'm going to thread the needle there. Cover. I don't the always don't to to do that. Yep, right.
1: I got twenty three seventeen bucks over the Bears. Baker Mayfield had that edge last week. Figured out the Brian Flores defense running hard with the 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 salty comments to Byron Murphy Jr. and then the key third and two run where he got close line but still got the first down the throw to Chris Godwin they've still got some players in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin they've got a defense that even though they gave up a lot of yards they only gave up 17 points to one of the better offenses in the NFL and the Bears are coming in there with Justin Fields and not much else Chase Claypool's in the doghouse Chris I'm sure you've seen the video of Claypool half-assing it in the run game look this is a guy who thought he was going to be a star receiver he hasn't gotten his second contract he's in his contract year he better wake up quickly or he's never going to get paid what he thinks he's owed or anything remotely close to it that's a problem for the bears i like the bucks in this one 23 to 17 so i'll take the win and the cover hey mike just real quick on that point too there
0: that's going to be a thing to watch for you're, you're going to get down to here to a little bit of where I feel like, remember how there was like, oh, receivers don't want to play Lamar Jackson, right? That would be something I worry about with Chicago, that they just can't throw the ball enough to where Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are going be like, why do you have me? What's the point of me being on the team? Because it just seems like the offense is so elementary, they're only going to be able to feature one guy. That's a great point. That's a great point.
1: And again, is it the is it the quarterback? Is it the offense it doesn't matter because the receivers aren't going to want to be part of it if the ball's not being put in the air enough to their liking. Chargers Traveling to Nashville to take on the Titans. Chargers are three-point favorites after losing at home to start the season. Titans felt like they were going to beat the Saints, but they didn't. Both teams 0-1. Again, Chargers favored by three over under a
0: 45.5. Who do you got? Well, I think this game is going to be fun. We know the Titans. They're going to be coached well and play in this, even though it looks like on paper that the Chargers are a more talented team. We know that. Now, the thing that's different about the Chargers is they can fucking run the ball this year, it looks like. Like, legit. That O-line, the resources they've spent there, it's starting to, you know, bear the fruits of the labor there. They look real. So that's encouraging. It's not just going to have to be Justin Herbert throwing the ball all the time. That's going to be a tough like, formula for this Tennessee Titans defense to stop, for sure. The other side of the ball is just a big concern. Not that the Chargers defense looks like anything special here early, right? But this Titans offense certainly ain't the Dolphins offense. We know that. And this Titans offense, it's going to be a problem all year long. I mean, who's going to get open for them? I know Tannehill threw interceptions, but damn, it, it doesn't matter. Those guys aren't open. Nobody can get open. So that's where it's a little scary to me. I think it's a close one here, right? But I'm gonna oh, I had a three point lead. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go twenty eight twenty four Chargers.
1: I got twenty seven twenty chargers. Look, I think Mike Vrabel is a great coach, better coach than Brandon Staley. All due respect to Coach Staley, but Vrabel is underrated. But he can only work with what he has. And that Ryan Tannehill three interception performance on Sunday at the Superdome where they would have won if he didn't play like that. The clock is ticking on him getting better. They're drafting a quarterback every year for a reason. And I think that at home, boo birds are going to be out if they don't get something going quickly. And you hit the nail on the head. Who is getting separation? in that passing game there's nobody that's stretching the field there's nobody that's making it easier to operate the rest of the offense and take advantage of the presence of deandre hopkins derrick henry is still derrick henry but you still need to have a quarterback who's not going to give the ball to the other team that's right the chargers offense very tough to stop that dolphins defense is good and the Chargers still scored plenty of points in that week one game. So I got Chargers 27-20. Let's take a break. When we come back, the 4 o'clock games from Sunday, including the Jets on a short week going down to Dallas. More PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned right after this. PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton Joint Mega Picks Podcast Week 2. We have made it through the Thursday game, the 1 o'clock games. It is on to the 4.05 and 4.25 games. We'll start with the Giants at the Cardinals. The Giants got blown out, sir, 40 to nothing at home to start the season. The Cardinals hung in there with the Commanders, but still lost the game. Both teams 0 and 1. Giants are 5.5 point favorites on the road in Arizona with an over-under of 40.
0: Chris, go. What? The G-Men. The G-Men. Uh, it's a lowercase G after last week, though. Okay, so it's kind of like g man It's the G-men. That's what it is this week, right? Because we, we we lost our we, we we lost our our baritone voice after last week. That was horrible. All right, I gotta think we're gonna rebound here, right? If we could just play. First off, the Giants play a clean game in the turnover department. Of course, we're better than the Arizona Cardinals, you know? and I I I I think that's where it starts. I expect the Giants to be able to run the ball a little bit on the Cardinals, which then it will open up, you know, the quarterback design runs, the play action passes, the RPOs, the things there that Daniel Jones and that offense thrived with last year. That's kind of how I look at it. You know, the Cardinals also, I think, were a benef- benefited from a first-time starting quarterback And a little bit sloppy play by washington in that game that made the game a little closer than i think it should be washington i think did outplay them and then ultimately like the cardinals i just worry about you know i don't think they're going to be able to run the ball consistently and they do have decent speed at receiver i just don't have faith in the quarterback being able to deliver the ball to them on a consistent basis and I got faith in Wink Martindale and company here. So I'm going to go the Giants getting the win here. I'm going to go 24-17 on the road. It is amazing to me how many people think the Giants should just disband
1: the franchise after losing 40 to nothing at home on Sunday night. Stuff happened early, and it created an avalanche, and they could never get out of it. They go to face a Cardinals team that, frankly, my big takeaway from their Week 1 game is maybe the Commanders aren't very good. To only win that game by four points. Because the Cardinals aren't prioritizing winning in 2023. I understand the players want to win. And the coaching staff, I guess, is at least going through the motions and trying. I don't know whether or not the coaching staff is in on the tank. But... The Giants go out there, and the Giants get things right. My only concern, my biggest concern for the Giants, I saw this last night. Darren Waller has a hamstring I know. injury, and he's talking about a possible nerve issue. It sounds like the stuff Cooper Cup is dealing with, and he wasn't able to hit top-end speed, and how much is he going to contribute to that that offense? We had high hopes for what Darren Waller could do, and if he could stretch the field, it kind of supercharges the offense. So more pressure on Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley needs to step up. You get forced away from the running game early when you find yourself down 23-0. I like the Giants in this one. 28-17, it could get worse than that because the Giants need it, and I feel like the the Cardinals are on track to not be very good at all this year. Next game, 49ers at the Rams. 49ers will take over SoFi Stadium. If they took over the field formerly known as Hines, uh, I almost said the actual name of the stadium, the field formerly named as Hines, they're going to take over SoFi, as they usually do. Seven and a
0: half point favorites, Rams at home, 45 over under. Chris, who do you like? I mean, first off, I want to give the Rams their credit. To do what they did, 20 rookies on the roster, flipped over team, rebuilding. McVeigh showing that his culture is real. Raheem Morris, the D coordinator, they were the tougher, physical, faster team on the field last week. Matthew Stafford was awesome. Matthew Stafford's still really damn good. Like you said last week, if they could just protect him a little bit, he's going to keep them in a lot of games that they probably don't deserve to be kept in, right? That That's really what's impressive about that. I think the Rams, you know, the one thing the Rams have in this a little bit is that McVay and Raheem Morris know Shanahan a little bit. So I do think they know some of his tricks and some of the things he likes to do and the window dressing and what he's trying to set up. But ultimately, the 49ers look like they were the best team in football last week. And they're stacked on both sides of the ball. And if there's only one thing you can really look at to go, hmm, like Okay, if there's one thing you could question, their O-line got a few new parts there. They didn't pass protect maybe as good as they would have liked last week, right? But I don't think the Rams have anything enough on the edge outside to really take advantage of that. And they'll have a plan for, for Aaron Donald and company here. So I'm going to go with a close 31-14 to 14 game. By the 49ers like one of those that's like it's 17 to 14 like the start of the fourth and then they just start to wear them down in the fourth quarter kind of one of those things Mike. I got 33 21 regardless of when the
1: points are scored this is one of those where I'm reminded of a comment that a coach shared with me earlier this year when i made reference to the chess match that is an NFL game. It's only a chess match if one team isn't made up of pawns and the other team isn't made up of queens and rooks. Now, look, the Rams were good enough to go beat Seattle, but the the 49ers are a no-pawn team. And the 49ers look like they are ready to beat the hell out of everyone they face this year through the playoffs, no close games, leave no doubt, roll out of bed and kick your ass, And they're on a mission this year. You could just feel it last week, and I think it continues this week. The 49ers make easy work of the Rams. Sorry, Rams, but the 49ers are just one of the best teams in football, period. And they've got a great roster and a great coaching staff, and off they go. Jets at the Cowboys. Jets have to travel to Dallas after – winning somehow in overtime after the Aaron Rodgers season-ending injury. Cowboys are nine-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. The line has moved in their direction a bit. It was nine as of yesterday, I believe, 38-and-a-half over-under. Chris, you've already picked one upset this week with the Raiders over the Bills. Do you believe the Jets can go to Dallas and pull out a win
0: over the Cowboys? I I mean, I— I'm not going to pick them, but I don't think it's as crazy as everybody else does, I guess. That, that's, that's probably where I lie a little in this conversation. You know, here's the, the, we know how awesome Dallas's defense is. It's, it's great. We got that. You know, we've talked about it. We talked about it on Sunday Night Football this week. You know, the, their one thing to watch out for is their run defense. They're not real big. They're about speed and chaos and just trying to mess and fuck plays up in the backfield that way. But we saw the other night, this is a team in the Jets that they can run the ball. I mean, like, legit. And I don't think that's going to stop. I don't think that was just a one-game thing. I think their O-line, if stays healthy, can be dominant. Now, the pass game and pass protection's got to improve, and that is scary. Now, I think Zach Wilson understands the team he has here and that if he takes care of the ball with that defense and their running game, he doesn't need to make any magical plays. The other thing I just look at the Jets is – The Cowboys worrying about that run game, they can be over aggressive and they can play too much man to man, in your face, bump and run. That could be a recipe for disaster. Garrett Wilson, one of those guys, one misstep, all of a sudden he's gone for a big play. And I think the Jets' defense is right up there with the Dallas Cowboys. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I don't envision the Cowboys just marching the ball up and down the field on the New York Jets. I don't. I think their defense is going to keep them in this football game. I'm going to go 21-17 Cowboys. They win it, but I think the Jets hang around and make it interesting.
1: You know, I can't get the number 27-20 out of my brain on this, so I'm going to ride with it. 27-20 Cowboys. It's too much to expect the Jets to pull it all together and go there and win this game. I wouldn't have expected them to win the game if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. The only equalizer is the Cowboys were probably prefer- preparing for this game. You know, this was one of those, hey, we know that, that we've got Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy knows Aaron Rodgers and they probably had some ideas and they had to rip it all up as of Monday night right? and say, well, we got to figure out what they're going to do. And that's where there is a bit of a chess match in this one. It's not pawns versus queens and rooks. The Jets have a great defense. The Jets can run the ball. What kind of game plan is Nathaniel Hackett going to put together, right. tailored to the strengths and weaknesses of Zach Wilson, and can Zach Wilson in a big spot like that? Because it's still a big spot where you're walking out onto the field at at and Stadium Definitely. and you're trying to make something happen. And even if they keep it close, that's a win for the Jets. That's something you feel good about. It propels you into week three against the Patriots, week four against the Chiefs, week five against the Broncos. I think they can keep it close. I think they will keep it close. And, hey, if they would win that game, watch out for the Jets in 2023. So twenty seven twenty, we both agree on the winner and the team that will cover. Last game in the 4 o'clock window. Commanders go to Denver. Broncos lost by a point last week. Commanders won by four at home. Broncos are three-and-a-half-point
0: favorites over under of 39. Chris, who do you got? Well, I like the way Russell Wilson looked in the offense there was a lot of positives there, right? Their defense is, is still good and a handful. Uh, the commanders, yes, they have talent. There's no question about that. Their defense, their defensive line's real, right? They got some new young parts in the secondary. But I think at like the base level, there's two things. I just want to go, one, desperation, second home game in a row, Like the Broncos are going to be on their game and Sean Payton's going to make sure they're on their game. And then it's the commanders, young football team, and a quarterback quarterback that's going to be making his first start on the road in a place like Denver against a pretty well-coached defense and all of that. You know, we saw they were a little sloppy and made some mistakes at home last weekend against a not very good team. So that's what scares me a little bit in, in this one altogether here, too. I'm going to go 23 17. Broncos get the win.
1: Yeah, I got 24 17. So we're on the same page. One of the weird things about that week one game, Sean Payton pointed this out. Each team had six possessions, yeah, which crazy. is rare. Usually right. you get 10 to 12 each. So points were at a premium. There weren't a lot of explosive plays for either team. Long drive. The Broncos yeah. did well. Decision making of Russell Wilson got a check from sean payton and and i just feel like the commanders i don't know what to think of the commanders i don't know what to make of them i was concerned that that they had to fight and scratch and claw to beat the cardinals who i believe are the worst team in football so i like the broncos to get their win to avoid an 0-2 start under sean payton and to get to one and one we're going to take a break when we return primetime games three of them between sunday and monday night li- headlined by easy for him to say mike mcdaniel against bill belichick we'll do that next year on chris sims Unbutton and pftpm PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Week 2 Joint Mega Picks Podcast Primetime Games Sunday and Monday night. Two Monday night games this week. I don't like it. Chris doesn't like it. I like to watch one game at a time, not two at the same time. I don't like it. They never asked me if, you know, I agreed with the approach. So let's start with Sunday night. Dolphins at the Patriots. Dolphins coming off of that big win at the Chargers. 466 passing yards from Tua Tonga Bailoa. Patriots with the moral victory. There are no moral victories, but they had a moral victory because they made it interesting against the Eagles. Well, Patriots fall into t- 0-2. Is that possible? The Dolphins, three-point favorites at New England. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, 4-0, all-time against the Patriots. Chris, who
0: do you like in this game that also has an over-under of 47? Well, I, I you know, one, yeah, I was encouraged with the Patriots. Like, like you heard me say when we talked about the Eagles thing there, they outplayed. The the Philadelphia Eagles, except if it weren't for the the fumble and the you know pouring rain interception, that you know that game as we saw it was there to be had. It was right, and I think the Patriots defense is real. It is, I, I you know I think they might have set a little bit of a blueprint on how to defend the Eagles. They might be able to do that against the Dolphins, right? They're secondary got big people up front, but man, this Dolphins offense is is explosive and as creative as it gets. It's phenomenal that way. And, hey, the Patriots offense is better. Billy O'Brien, that's already done. We know that. They're a better product. If the Patriots O-line was at full strength, I I might pick an upset here. But I can't quite do it yet. And the Dolphins just have too many playmakers on both sides there. I'm going to go Dolphins 28-24. I've got 28-23 Dolphins,
1: exact same reasoning that you have articulated. There's just – look – we we develop a sense early in the season of teams that have a special vibe to them. And if the Dolphins can keep their key players healthy, they have that special vibe. They seem to be better than everyone else. The Vic Fangio defense, Tua and Tyree Kill, Mike McDaniel drawing things up. No matter how well Bill Belichick can do in trying to counter things, he just doesn't have the players right now to match the Dolphins. So 20 823 23 for me. We both have the Dolphins winning. We both have the Dolphins covering. Monday Night Football, the early game about which no one cares. Sorry, Saints and Panthers. Saints at Carolina, favored by three with an over-under of 40. Chris, do the Saints get to 2-0? and
0: I expect so. The Saints are better. We saw Derek Carr. He looked very comfortable last week. You know, they never even got the run game going, really. Right. I think there's a lot of things to like about their offense. Now, this Panthers defense and the way they're coached with EJ Everett, and we've talked about it really for two years here, they got some talent. You know It stinks that they lose J.C. Horn again to another injury in the back end. That hurts them as a football team. But I think ultimately what I really worry about is just the Panthers offense. I don't have a lot of faith in, one, yes, it's a rookie quarterback. Two, you know, I don't know if they have enough playmakers there to really scare anybody. And I think the scheme is still in its infancy stages here of being built around Bryce Young that it's not going to stress out, you know, the the Saints defense in that way. Let alone the Saints still got some some damn good players on that side of the ball. I'm going to go 23-14. Saints win this one.
1: I've got 23 – oh, man, that was before I saw the line. i got 23-20 Saints. I'll go 24-20. I'll give the Saints the cover. Um, We still don't know what to make of Bryce Young. I don't know what to make of Bryce Young. I don't know what to make of the Panthers' offense. And I think Derek Carr, he's kind of got that Kirk Cousins vibe, except when it comes to primetime because Carr actually can win games played at night, win in the regular season, position the team for the postseason, and then – you know, you can't really compete with some of the best teams in the conference. I think that's the script this year for the Saints. They won a game they should have lost. They got a little help from the officials on Sunday against the Titans. I don't think they'll need that help. I think they can win that game. I think they're the better team than the Panthers right now. Saints win. All right. Last hey, game wait, of the week. You saw Cleveland the
0: Netflix special. Kirk Cousins' trophy room has plenty of primetime game balls. How dare you? How dare you, you jerk? Root for your quarterback. hmm <laughs>
1: Can I go now? Yeah. He's not going to get one tonight. <laughs> okay. He ain't getting one tonight. No, that's
0: the problem. He plays I, on Thursday night. He's playing against an all-star team, and we're going to go, oh, yeah, he can't win against an all-star team. How dare he? That's one of the excuses they make for him privately.
1: Well, you know, when you're playing in primetime, you're playing a pretty good team, so it's harder to win. Right, but somebody's winning that game, and it's not Kirk. So, so uh, regardless. Yeah, I know. Browns at Steelers. Browns are two-point favorites at Heinz Field, the field formerly known as Heinz. What's the world coming to? This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Mike Tomlin. They got embarrassed Week One, and the Browns embarrassed the Bengals. This just has to me. Ah, here get it comes. Right. He's Tal- got
0: get right, what? terrible towel, pasta and meatballs. It's Pittsburgh right Steelers. Go ahead, tell me your fucking score. What are the Patriots? I mean, what are the Steelers going to win by? Tell me. <laughs>
1: I got the Steelers 17-14 to 14 in an old-school, low-scoring, hard-hitting game. I Look, you know Mike Tomlin. You think he hasn't been up their ass all week after that no-show performance against the 49ers? You think they can't wait to get on the field for three hours so they don't have to listen to him, just like you couldn't wait to play so you wouldn't have to listen to John Gruden? This is a guy who learned his craft under John Gruden. He has been wearing them out, I suspect, They're not going to get embarrassed at home with everyone watching. Are you kidding me? They can't afford to have that happen, or they're going to be done this year. Or what's going to happen is they're going to start 2-6 and or whatever it was last year and rebound and finish above five hundred. but they can't dig another hole like this. They can't go out against the Browns and play like they did last Sunday. That was the wake-up call, and the alarm's ringing, and they're going to roll out of bed and I think barely beat the Browns, but beat the Browns to get to 1-1. and
0: So you're a Vikings fan and you always shit on them and pick them to lose. You're not a Steelers fan, but you always pick them to win and give them a ton of credit. I don't know. Go figure. I I think you need to start doing some psychological evaluations and just become a fucking Steelers fan and stop torturing yourself. Okay. No, but we won't tell anybody. We'll act like you were always a Steelers fan all along. <laughs> um, you say a lot of right things, and that is what's scary about Pittsburgh. It is. They're the the ultimate back-in-the-corner, back come-out-fighting type of football team. But I think this is a little too much to overcome here. I do. I think it is. All right, so one, you know, the, the, the Browns, they can still run that damn ball. They really can. And I know they lost Jack Conklin, but as you heard me talk about today on PFT, Dewan Jones, their right tackle. Damn, he was phenomenal in the game last week. You know, so I, I don't think that's gonna be like a glaring weakness or anything like that. And there's no Cam Hayward on the defense. That's scary. And then offensively this Browns D lines real and there's no D- Dante Johnson with the hamstring and these corners are real for Cleveland and they're healthy right now. So yeah, put your terrible towel away and don't, it ain't waving this week. 23, 20 believe land in Cleveland. Okay. The Browns is in the Browns and I mean that in a good way. I mean, they're two and Oh baby. <laughs>
1: Hey, I don't mean any disrespect. To I you know. On this, I know this you is don't. Just Pittsburgh. A week after they got the shit kicked out of right. them and got embarrassed at home, Mike Tomlin cannot let that stand. We take a break. When we return, best bets and our Folsom Prison Blues pick. We'll do that when we wrap up. Chris Sims on button. I and
0: hear it. a train a coming.
1: Chris Sims unbuttoned, PFTPM. We move to the best bet segment in the Folsom Prison Blues pick. By the way, we disagree on five games straight up. Six against the spread. Yeah. Give me your first best bet.
0: The Raiders. The Raiders are eight and a got half point underdogs. And I got, I'm I, you know me, I'm picking them to win. But eight and a half, even if they lose, I don't think they're going to lose by more than that. They're They're going to keep this close. Give me the over
1: in Falcons. Oh, hosting the Packers. Oh, I even remember the team, two you usually were, don't like over, over too low. Yeah, I know, but I like it now. I like it
0: over. Yeah, I like what it over? over. Okay. All right. Well, you know what I like? I like it a 49ers and my friend Kyle Shanahan. You know why I like that? Because they're fucking good. That's why. That's how good they are. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And I'm picking them on the road to beat the Rams and, and continue their dominance.
1: Lions covering five and a half against the Seahawks. I like it a home favorites.
0: Give me the Lions. Okay. And I like it a Jackson Deville because he uh, pissed on you once and I like it at. Okay. So I'm going to <laughs> Jacksonville. I um, think that they're going to win, but I don't think they lose by more than three and a half. If they do lose, I'm going there.
1: Buccaneers covering the spread two and a half points at home against the Chicago bears. Bears look too bad last week. All right. Folsom Prison Blues. Who do you got? Tell me who you Straight got. Straight up.
0: Straight up. I got the Giants. The man You're going with the Giants? The All right. I'm got? going with the Eagles. The Eagles. Oh, suck it, Vikings. Enjoy the game. See ya.